Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Jesus also said, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Friends, my name is Kathy Connor. My husband and I are the pastors here at First Presbyterian Church, but more importantly, we have been longtime friends, like family, with Susan and Baxter and the whole family. They mean everything to us. And so on behalf of the Smith family, I want you to know how much they have deeply appreciated your loving care. It has been sustaining and life-giving. And that is why your presence here today is so profoundly significant. Because as Baxter has been saying again and again, this is a celebration. So we are going to celebrate Susan's life. And we're going to affirm our faith in Jesus Christ and in his promises of the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. And we're going to commit both Susan's death and life and the friends and family members that she leaves into the hands of a God of tender mercy and strengthening love. We're here to remember that God meets us in the valley of the shadow of death. And then God has purposes beyond our grief and beyond our pain. So we're going to draw comfort and celebrate through music, prayer, scripture, and words of remembrance about Susan today. So please pray with me now. Gracious Lord, whose love will never let us go, and who can dry our tears and give us joy in the morning, help us, help us, Lord, to hear your word of comfort and hope, to hear your word of goodness in life, that we might be able to allow your loving care to sink deeply into our lives and therefore celebrate Susan's gift to us through Jesus Christ, our Savior, who came that we might have abundant life here, now, and forevermore. Amen. Susan Smith's number one desire was that everyone she knew would know the greatness of God and the love of Jesus. So I want you to allow the music and the words of how great thou art and the extended version of this, allow that to begin to mean more to you today than it ever has by standing and singing together. The words will be on the wall.
Lion and 
please pray with me? Heavenly Father, we know that you are great because you created Susan Smith. And we know that you are good because you gave us the unbelievable privilege of being loved by her and loving her back. Oh God, she lived to glorify you, to point her life directly to you. And so we know that that's what this celebration is all about. It's about you, your goodness, your greatness. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us that even when we hurt, you are still so good. You are a good, good father, and you are great. And we know that Susan is singing with angels in heaven, looking straight at you, enjoying, Lord, your presence. Now help us to do the same. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. A reading from scripture, a text that Susan loved. Susan grounded her life in God speaking to her, to her through scripture. So we're going to be reminded of God's love and what I think might be the high watermark of the assurance that God loves us. This is, comes from Paul's letter. He writes to the first followers of Jesus living in the city of Rome. And he writes to them to encourage them because it's tough being a follower of Jesus when the only person who's allowed to be declared as Lord is Caesar. So when Christians said Jesus is Lord, it did not go well for them. And so they needed like we need, like we all need now, some reassurance and assurance that God loves us. So this powerful passage from the great Apostle Paul guaranteeing us that nothing ever can stop the love of God. It's Romans chapter 8 beginning in verse 31. What then are we to say about these things, that is, all the things that are so hard? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold his own son but gave him up for all of us, will he not with him also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn it is Christ Jesus who died, and yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded and convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. Take heart with this powerful word that comes from God. We now are going to hear from Baxter as he, as he reflects with us, for us, and on Susan.
Welcome to First Press. Is this your first time here? How are you doing? Tell me about your week. Let me give you a big hug. Some of those words were welcoming from Susan every Sunday morning. I'd sit in awe in the back of the room. She tried to greet everybody that was here. I often kiddingly accused her of trying to run for office. In reality, it was a never-ending demonstration of her love of others that stretched well beyond Sunday morning. Thank you for joining us in an absolutely positive celebration of her life on this earth. The last 17 months would have been unbearable if it hadn't been for those of you that have given us support, that are here in this room, and many others that are not with us today. Your strengthening coupled with our faith and a loving, caring, forgiving, and protective God provides the knowledge of an encouraging future for all of us. Susan would have it no other way. I had a opportunity, it's off this script, at 122 this morning. Susan hit me with this. I can't be there to welcome everybody, so why don't you get them to stand up, please, and greet one another. So please do that for the next 30 seconds or so. Thank you very much. I would be uh, terribly remiss if I did not thank and all the formal and informal organizations that Susan loved. First and foremost, it's the Church of Jesus Christ, specifically here at First Press. It's a transformational place that takes people from believing to following. Various Bible studies that provided growth to both of us, beginning in Cincinnati and continuing with CBS here in Tampa, not only grew our knowledge, but strengthened our faith. The participation in small groups, or life groups as we call them now, allowed us to learn and more importantly, enjoy others who had the same yearning. Our friends made there, have fostered fantastic relationships. Susan and I were a very blessed couple. We fell in love on a blind date, and despite all my faults, we remained in love for 55 years. I prefer to call it one year 55 times. We, like any couple, had plenty of ups and downs. Funny, in the last months, I can only remember the ups. We had two wonderful children, and as many of you parents can attest, 
there are plenty of times when you are full of wonder. As parents, we challenged and were challenged. In the end, the thing that became most apparent, they both inherited their mother's incredible heart. Jennifer Chip and their families, Jason, Grayson, Gina, and Bax, demonstrate that nearly every day. Family's always been important to us. We were gifted with fantastic parents and terrific siblings. Times in Jackson, Pickwick, York, and Cape May will never be forgotten. God blessed us with an incredible journey. We had 10 moves, 12 dwellings, a number of jobs, an amazing collection of friends, and tons of fun. One of those moves to Cincinnati in the early 90s became a pivotal time in our life. The personal and professional challenges were great. We struggled with my career change, another move, and what's next. We found that the more faith we placed in God, the closer we became to each other, to our family, and to our friends. God works wonders when you think you're down and out. We fully realized the beauty of life together and became extremely thankful for the gifts that we'd been given. I studied Stephen ministry and Susan initiated a new love of her Lord, inspired by a great group of gals in Bible study. When we retired to Tampa, a new phase of life began. The fun remained. Every day was Saturday, then you went to church. Some things you may not know about Susan, she certainly made up for my lack of athleticism. She was a fierce field hockey player. She was a great skier. As I would slip slide down a bunny slope, she would tackle moguls as if there was no obstacle at all. In Atlanta, she started out as a C-plus tennis player, and when we left, she was playing at the AA level. Susan was a party girl. She loved to go to and give parties, and boy, could she cook. 55 years, 55 pounds. <laughs> when we moved to Tampa, she became a fantastic co-captain of two boats. Lots of guys would watch in amazement as she would seamlessly back into a slip. Once our boating days were over, Susan thought it'd be fun to try a recreational vehicle. In my inimitable fashion, I said, when pigs fly. Here's the plaque that graced our coach. <laughs> as we drove from coast to coast and north to south. And also, once again, there were always ways and comments about how well she handled the big rig. Retirement also provided opportunities for new adventures. With grandson Bax, we were able to enjoy a mission trip to Africa, followed by an outstanding tour of Israel, the Mediterranean. Oh, we never thought much about cruises, but the Mediterranean, the Caribbean, the Baltic, and Alaska all called, and thanks to very good friends, we jumped right in. Word of caution. Some of these all-you-can-drink voyages can lead to poor decision-making when visiting onshore jewelry stores.
In our last five months, Susan was able to experience three magnificent events. Max got a great new job. She was able to see Chip ask Regina's hand. And Grayson had a very successful lung operation. All positive answers to prayer. Every once in a while, I'll look at a picture, see a TV show, talk to the kids, try to cook a meal, view the accumulation of our stuff, see that smile, hear the joyous laugh, feel that tender touch, and while shedding a tear, I react thankfully, thinking of our future together. My good friend, Leroy Mitchell, often reads a poem by James Weldon Johnson at times like this. I've taken poetic license to add a few lines. Seems like to me the stars don't seem so bright. Seems like to me the sun has lost its light. Seems like to me nothing's going right since you went away. Seems like to me the sky is half as blue. Seems like to me everything wants you. Seems like to me I don't know what to do since you went away. Seems like to me everything is wrong. Seems like to me the days are twice as long. Seems like to me the birds forgot their song since you went away. Seems like to me I just can't help but sigh. Seems like to me my throat keeps getting dry. Seems like to me a tear stays in my eye since you went away. And yet, my thoughts of you just brighten my day. I know you're with me and not away. Mindful of those years of so much fun, the blessings received, never undone. What more, my darling, am I able to say, my heart, you'll always stay. In those last days, our minds would run. Whatever this is, thy will be done. Throughout these moments, this verse just lingers. Thanks, Apostle Paul, for the blessed ten fingers. Once again, we are so thankful that you were able to join us. And we look forward to meeting all of you later on. Baxter alluded to this, but we know that it was always, not just sometimes, but always with big open arms and a big hug that Susan would welcome you into her home on the steps of First Pres, even in the grocery store. It didn't matter where. She lit up a room. And Susan also was your best champion and cheerleader. She loved big but she also filled you up with her world-famous ham biscuits. I mean, they were addicting. She prayed for you by name. And Susan was an exceptional athlete, designer, cook, seamstress, 
And as Baxter said, an exceptional party girl. No one threw a party or hosted a party like Susan Smith did. She made you laugh, and she laughed at you. She didn't mind doing that either. She was mischievous. I don't know if you knew that, but she was, and she loved to kind of get you this way or that way. But she was also generous. She was generous with her heart, with her home, with her resources, and with her faith. Susan Smith could communicate fluently in all five love languages, all five. And she did it with skill and love. Susan often spoke about the goodness of God. And she encouraged us all to pursue Jesus like she did, all in. And as a result, you and I experienced the relentless, reckless love of Jesus through Susan because she loved us unconditionally with the same love that she had received from God. One of Susan's favorite verses of scripture comes from 2 Timothy. And I want to remind all of you that Susan loved these verses because they became her bold statement of faith and radical trust in Jesus as she claimed what Paul had to say in 2 Timothy. And she claimed these words that I'm going to read to you in spite of her circumstances. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. We witnessed this kind of faith in Susan. We sure did. Susan could so easily have been saying to God, where are you? Why aren't you doing anything? But instead, any time you visited Susan in the hospital, you could see that her faith was strengthening even as her body was weakening. And with conviction in her heart, she said to me and to many of you, I know where I'm going. I'm going to miss you. But I'm looking forward to this. I'm ready. Baxter and Chip and Jennifer received a great gift from God. In the midst of all of the COVID protocols and precautions, they were allowed with special permission to visit with Susan one at a time on her last day. And although Susan had been unconscious for a while, it will not surprise you to hear that after Chip came out of his time with his mother, he had a big smile on his face and he was saying, she can hear us, you've got to get in there. And he told me this afternoon, or this afternoon as we were gathering in the office, that she had a sparkle in her eyes. And then Jennifer 
went in. And she held her mother's hand, which had always meant so much to her. It was always a strengthening action that they shared, holding on to her mother's hand. And she looked at her mother in the eyes and said, Mom, you're going to heaven today. And Susan nodded. Baxter and Chip and Gina and Bax and Jennifer and Grayson and Jason and all of you, I want you to know that you can find comfort in the fact that Susan now sees Jesus face to face and that everything she ever learned about Jesus is true, 100% true. Susan is now experiencing what God has promised to us all in Revelation 21, that in heaven, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will no longer be any mourning, any crying, or any pain. Jason, you had shared that any time Susan left you, she always left you smiling or with tears of joy. We all agree. And because of it, God used Susan to give us a glimpse of heaven. And I just want to assure you as family members and all of you here that you loved Susan well. You loved her faithfully and you cared for her tenderly. And that you were God's gift to Susan, even as she was God's gift to each of you. One of the things Baxter has said to me personally recently, and I wrote it down, God gave me the gift of being able to cry. And that's okay, friends. I'm in tears over here listening to you, Baxter. But I'm standing here. I asked Baxter if I could do this, and I asked Jennifer if I could do this. Kathy and I aren't here because we're the clergy. We're here because we want to be here. So a few things I want to say about Susan been referenced already but I called Susan a relational bird dog <laughs> and what I mean by that is this she welcomed new people really well extravagantly here at First Presbyterian Church and though she knew already because she knew the whole room when someone came in the door she would walk up to them and say, how long have you been coming to First Presbyterian Church? Knowing full well that was their very first time in the door. But don't miss the relational skill and wisdom here. Extravagant. She smiled. She said her name. She extended a hand. And then with an open-ended question, this guest here for the first time, perhaps a little uncomfortable, felt more at ease there may be somebody in this room right now who felt welcomed as a guest by Susan Smith and as a result of it, you connected with this family of faith and with Jesus himself. Maybe some of us in the room right now are here because of Susan Smith. I wouldn't be surprised at all. As Jennifer said, 
Susan added a layer of light to everything. And that's how she was here in this room. Oftentimes when someone new was here, she'd find me afterwards and say, Fitz, come here. And she'd introduce me to the person like she had known them for her whole life. It was just kind of an awesome one-two punch that we had going. I wanted to make sure you understood that she understood that her unreal, just couldn't help herself kind of outgoing nature. She submitted it to the goodness of God. Another thing I wanted to tell you about Susan is this. Susan was lost her battle, a brief battle, with acute myeloid leukemia, AML. Here's what you need to know about acute myeloid leukemia. On the rank of cancers that are best at hiding, that are best at going undiagnosed, number one on the list. And so Susan had some symptoms, I guess, in California in December, January of December 19, January 20. She goes to the emergency room as she's visiting with Jason and Jennifer. And the family is left with the frustration, why didn't they find it? And so I invite you all to understand that that's a part of this. Why? And yet that's not how Susan finished is it? And Kathy just brought it out, made it very clear. Susan knew going into the hospital in February, Susan knew pretty early on that she was not going to win this earthly battle. And yet she trusted God. I'm not going to get out of this, she said. No one wanted to hear it. She hated saying it. But she loved us. She loved you. And it was just the truth. And I say all of that to draw your attention to the third song we're going to sing today. All the music has been picked by Baxter. Music that speaks to him. Music that he and Susan shared together in this room over and over again. But the song we're going to sing, the third song is called Spoken For. Here's the first line. Take this world Take this world from me. I don't need it anymore. I'm finally free. My heart is spoken for. She was singing that to Jesus as she realized what was going on in her body. The song ends beautifully in an envelope kind of a way with that line repeated. Take this world from me. I don't need it anymore. So there's the envelope inside of which come these most powerful lines that occur four times in the song. And Baxter has them in his heart. And when we planned, he said, this is the song I want to sing. And what he heard, this one is mine. That's Jesus looking right into her eyes. This one is mine, says the almighty creator of the universe. That's the way that she left us in faith. But again, as Baxter wants to say, let's get out of the was, and he said it just a minute ago, you might not have caught it, and let's live in the is, and let's live in the will be. 
a profound statement of faith on the part of Baxter, accompanied certainly regularly with the gift of tears, but a deep trust in the goodness of God, about which also we're going to sing in just a minute. The last thing I wanted to say is about the ten fingers. This has been a part of the transformational influence of the scriptures in the life of First Presbyterian Church. Maybe you picked one of these cards up when you came in, and it's intentionally left out. That is the text itself. Philippians 4.13, ten fingers. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's a way that Baxter has been signing off on emails and letters. It's a way we've worn eye masks in this church on Sunday morning celebrating it. It's a way of declaring our faith. And that, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, you know what that's for? That's for people who are getting it pretty rough right now. We trust that God is good when times are good, but we also trust that God is good when times aren't good. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We remember Susan by joining with her in that kind of trust. I told this family before we came in the room that this is a room where the love is palpable, and I'm looking around and we know each other, and it is palpable. Thank you for your Christian love for each other and all of life that we've gone through together. And this family certainly has sensed God's presence in your love and in your words. That's what we're going to keep doing. We're going to keep being brothers and sisters. We're going to keep being family because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We'll continue celebrating. We're going to sing another one of the three songs that arose out of Baxter's heart as we plan to do this. This song is about the goodness of God. Let me invite you right now to stand as we sing this great statement of faith.
as a way of praying Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Please pray with me. Dear Lord, our hearts are deeply grateful as we think about your servant, Susan, for the gift of her life, for the courage you gave her, and for all the ways that she loved her family and her friends. We thank you for the way that she loved and lived and served with so much joy. And thank you for the way that she treasured relationships and every member of her family so passionately. So in the silence of our own hearts, we lift up to you our own gratitude for Susan and for all of the ways that she loved and cared for us. Thank you, God, that Susan has entered the joy which you have prepared for her with you in heaven and others that she loves. And Lord, give us faith to see beyond the grief of this moment and trust your love, which never fails. And Lord, we ask that you would wrap your loving arms around Baxter, Jennifer, Jason, Grayson, Chip, Gina, Baxter the Sixth, Eden, Amy, Jim, Sharon, and each family member in such a way that they experience your presence in a new and deeper way. Fill us with hope, Lord, and keep reminding us that we will be reunited with Susan and others that we love through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A committal is a way for you and for me as a family in a liturgical and formal way to release into the hands of the sovereign God of the universe our sister Susan. That, of course, has already taken place, but it's a good thing for us to acknowledge this together as a family of faith. Allow me to pray. Gracious God, we thank you for our sister Susan, and we ask that you receive her into your arms, into the rest and blessing that lasts forever in your presence. Receive, gracious God, a lamb of your own flock, a sheep of your own fold, a sinner of your own redeeming, into your arms, in your everlasting mercy, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Friends, I invite you now to stand as we sing together these words of profound faith, remembering that Jesus Christ looks into your eyes and says to you, this one is mine.
Don't need it.
after the benediction, Susan's family are going to go down the aisle and go on ahead to the reception where you're invited to go and continue your love and care and celebration with them at Oxford Exchange. The directions and parking instructions are on the back of your bulletin. The word benediction means a good word. So hear this good word from God to you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace both now and forever. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>